up, everybody? Good evening. It's uh, Versa and V again um, on the uh, fourth episode of Here to Tell this evening. And um, what do we got in store today, V? Well, we ain't got shit. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, it's Monday. I know you're a little cooked. I'm a little cooked. Weather's kind of hot. What? Talk to me. Talk. What's up? What's up? What are we cooking in the ki- in the kitchen today? What's going on? Well, you know. Uh... I kind of had a little life-changing event when I was in Chicago, um, and uh, I had discovered this book uh, that I was reading on the plane. It was a four-hour plane. I figured, hey, you know, what a good way to make the flight go faster than read a book, right? Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. So, you know, I was just going through Google, just kind of searching, you know, good books to read or top books to read, and this book uh, came up called The Five Languages of Love. Oh, shit. Yeah, and I just, just the title caught me off guard. I was like, wait, five languages of love? Like, love is one word, you know? It's like, obviously, there's different perspectives. You know, you love your mom, your your family, your friends, and girlfriend. I understand that, but five languages of love. So, I read the entire book <laughs> from uh, from uh, start to finish, and uh, it definitely... Uh, changed my uh, perspective on my current relationship and soon to be marriage so mm. figure out uh, we talk a little bit about that today and uh, for uh, all the people who may already know about the five languages of love give them a little refresher get it back into their brains get it back into their hypothalamus and uh, for the people who don't <laughs> yeah. know about it uh put it into their hippocampus so yeah what about yourself are, are you familiar with it uh for the record do you even know where those sections of your brain are located yeah, they're in the brain. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, you know, I, I do know of them. I've heard of them. Um, I myself, honestly, um, have not read the book. Um, however, I, I did dabble into a little bit in my in my um, my previous relationship, so I, I am familiar with what those five languages are. However, I learned about them, I guess, late, and but I don't feel completely guilty because I feel like a lot of people actually don't know about them at all right um, i wouldn't be surprised if 80 percent of my immediate circle of friends and family know of them so yeah yeah i mean uh you know i had mentioned it to a a few of my buddies and uh they just didn't know about them they're just like huh what are you talking about dude and you know granted some of these guys are single and some of them are uh actually in committed relationships so uh once i uh, told a few of them you know i gave them a nice little perspective and uh you know they started doing things a little bit different the last three days so i'm actually curious to see you know how it works out for them mm-hmm. but um so yeah let's just get right into it uh there's five languages of love uh we're gonna go down uh each by uh one by one and uh kind of discuss one each of those uh a little bit in depth so we have uh words of affirmation mm. We have quality time. Mm. We have acts of service. Mm. We have touch. Okay. And we have gifts. Okay. All right. So let's start with words of affirmation. Words of affirmation uh, pretty much means that you're constantly or frequently affirming the other person of your love for them. So if you're in a committed relationship with a guy or if you're a guy and you're in a committed relationship with a girl, an example would be telling them that you love them say every day um and also you know complimenting them saying that hey you're great i appreciate you it's essentially telling them that you love them through your words and those people who are receiving that information that is their primary love language 
Um, when you say primary love language, you're talking about that's the one that speaks to them the most. Like, that's the one that, like, hits them, like, hits them in the heart, like, right. s- significantly. Right. So, okay. to, to backtrack a little bit, uh, each person, uh, according to this book, uh, that is, each person has a primary love language and a secondary uh, love language. Okay. So, the premise here is that if you speak a particular love language to your significant other or friend or whoever that you love, and they receive that language in a different language than what you're speaking it to, there's going to be a disconnect. Um, just like if I only speak English and my buddy only speaks Chinese, if I'm speaking English and he's expecting to understand it in Chinese, it's just not going to work. It's not going to work. Yeah, it's not going to work. It's not going to be Correct. received well. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that I'm not saying good things or doing good things to my Chinese friend. It's just that he's expecting me to, you know, say things in Chinese and I'm not doing it. So... With words of affirmation, for example, if I'm telling, you know, my significant other how great she is and that I love her frequently um, and, you know, all of the things that she does for me, if I pretty much affirm her through my words uh, and that is her primary love language, she's going to feel really, really loved in our relationship. Whereas if that's not her primary love language, she's going to hate you. She's not, well, I wouldn't go that okay, far. She's maybe not, that's a strong word. That's a strong word. She's not going to hate you. She's not going to hate me, but she's, she, everybody will appreciate it to some sense, but she's not going to necessarily feel uh, love. She's not going to give her the warm and fuzzy. Yeah, as, as what her other alternative primary language might be. Mm. So, um, but just in general, you know, what do you think about uh, just words of affirmation and how kind of powerful they are? Because there is a saying that says sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But obviously, by, by the definition of these five languages, words can hurt. Yeah. No, I mean, um, words of affirmation is it does carry some weight. And I think, uh, honestly, a lot of people, I mean, most people like hearing good things about themselves. In fact, there was a study um, actually read it in an article here back in like 2012 um that said 90 percent of people love talking about themselves Mm. and it was kind of based off a case study from penn state university and there's a lot of truth in that i mean but at the same time when you hear um you know over and over again countless good things you you do feel good but to to kind of put it at a higher level or two um to where you actually get like I guess a high or mm-hmm. not even maybe not a high you get um higher affection I guess um from those words of affirmation whether it's you know babe I really appreciate um everything you do for me or you know I'm really glad to have you in my life or if it's your friends like yo man I know I know I don't say this often but I'm really glad to be your buddy um it seems like we can talk about anything in life like to have that have that much significance um it is it's kind of amazing because like you said words for some people have oh yeah thanks you too man yeah but to some people it's like wow like they'll that'll sit with them for the rest of their night and and rest of their week and sometimes that carries people over for the rest of the month so um you know it's hard to to really gauge that words of affirmation unless you are around someone consistently so what i would say is that if that is something that you're kind of challenging yourself on if you are in a committed relationship to really pay attention to the way that that person responds to it um, and and really study their body language when you're delivering the information. Right, right. So that's a, those are really good points. Uh, another thing I'll add to that is, uh, and a lot of people might be wondering, okay, well, how do I know, you know, what language my significant other speaks? Mm. And, you know, let's just stay on words of affirmation, for example. Well, 
if they're receiving words of affirmation and you say those things that you just had mentioned, such as, you know, babe, I really appreciate you in my life and everything that you've done for me. What's going to happen is she's going to you're going to sense from her response or his response that that means a lot to them. Not only that, but they're actually going to respond to you with a mirror effect and actually give you words of affirmation like, thank you, honey. I also really appreciate you. And then give you an example of, you know, maybe something that you always do for them. Whereas if somebody doesn't speak that language, they'll receive the compliment, but they won't give it back. Right. So that's, that's how, that's one way that, you know, if they give it back and they give it back pretty deeply, you can be kind of confident that, uh, that they're one of their primary love languages is words of affirmation. That's fair. So just a little breakdown there, but but yeah, uh, you know that's that's definitely one of the big ones. Actually, from reading the book, it's actually the most popular. It's it's uh, most people have their primary love language as words of affirmation. Wow. In other words, I really so, would, I really wouldn't have thought that to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I I probably would lean more towards. I guess we'll figure this out as 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 the as the show goes on. But I definitely would lean more towards like uh, quality time or something like that. You know, people like. People like spending time with each other. That's definitely right. one of the ones I would have been most popular. That's kind of a shocker. Yeah, it's it is it is kind of a shocker. But you know, at, at the same time, you know, especially and I and that, here's here's an interesting thing is, I don't really know if that's in our current uh, culture and society because obviously you know our society has changed a lot since even a hundred years ago. Right. So maybe in our society, because think about it, we communicate through what text messages, uh, emails. We're so electronic that if, you know, we're going to let our significant other know something, we're going to possibly just do it through our phones. So maybe that's why words of affirmation is so high nowadays because the exchange is happening through, you know, words a lot. Whereas before, you have to actually come and see the person, either write them a letter or, you know, actually hang out with them. So maybe that's why, you know, the quality time, that in itself, you know, you actually having a meet up with them and to hang out with them, you know, says a lot, but yeah, that's a good segue into the second, uh, love language, which is quality time. And by quality time, that means that both of you are giving 100% of your, uh, undivided attention to each other. So a lot of people might mistake that. Well, okay, well, you know, we watch movies together. You know, we, we love watching supernatural or the walking dead or any of those movies. Netflix and chill, Nef- bro. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, I, that, that's that's a quality time to some people. It's not always a quality right. Time. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. That's why I I gotta break that down and just disagree. It's not quality time. It's not at all. Quality time means that you cannot be distracted by anything else. And the mm-hmm. fact is that the TV is on and you can hear noises and you guys are both watching and your eyes are fixated on the TV. You're not spending quality time with each other. Mm. You are spending time with each other, but it's not quality time. Quality time would be if the TV was shut down and you guys would just be sitting together on a couch and just looking at each other and just talking to each other about whatever that is that's quality time that's just an example it can obviously also be you know you guys going on a walk to the park you know your phones are out it doesn't mean you get your fucking phone out and you you look at your text message or instagram like you know while your significant other is talking to you that, that you're, you're breaking the quality time and if one of their love languages is quality time but you pulling out that damn phone you gonna fuck some shit up but you know damn well that, like you said, technology is playing a huge factor. So it's hard to it's hard to take that element out. So that's one thing I was gonna say. The other thing I was gonna say is, for a lot of people, just turning the tube off and sitting face, sitting face to face with someone, even 
you know, let's say the first six or seven months in a, in a relationship, mm-hmm. that could be awkward for some people. You know, that's why I laugh. It's, it's not awkward for me. Okay. But for some people, to just sit the TV, turn the TV off, sit down, and just stare face to face with no music or no sound in the background and just talk. Like, some people get really put off by that, and they, they either A, don't make good eye contact, they stutter, they're mute, they don't want to share information. Okay. Because they, they need that distraction. Right. You know? Yeah, I definitely understand. And I, I let me let me give you a piece of information and then I wanna see if you have the same perspective that you just had right now. So that's true. And the thing that you said that was important there is people who are just getting in that relationship who are fresh, they're new within that six months. Mm-hmm. So let this is a really important uh note here, folks, is the five languages of love get kicked in after what's called a euphoric state in a relationship. Mm. In the beginning, as we all know, when you meet somebody new, it's fresh. You're excited about that person. They give you this feeling of high. You, you do things that you normally might not do. And then when you, you know, a few years back, you look back and you're like, what the hell was I doing? All that money I spent on those flowers, everything that I did. I used to dress fresh. I bought all those kicks, those glasses, that watch. And... This is what I got. But anyways, uh, so the point is, is that um, is that it's the five languages of love kick in after your euphoric state, which is on average, according to the book, it takes about a year to two years for uh, couples and friends to get out of the euphoric state. So, yes, in the beginning, when you're meeting somebody, it's okay if you guys are going to, you know, go to the movies and there's those little bit of distractions because obviously you guys are not comfortable. But after you guys are out of that stage where you're actually kind of, you already know each other inside and out, that's where these languages kick in, and that's when the quality time uh, is actually supposed to be real and in the sense of no distractions. So how does that change your view, knowing that it's after that euphoric state is, is out of the picture? So it's, 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 the book is in, it's a year to two years. Right. Is when, like, that, that has the most, the most significance at that time. That amount of time, the quality time is supposed to be most... After, 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 okay. after, after. Yeah, I mean, I, I can, I can see that. I definitely can see that. I think, um, you know, like I said, for a lot of people in, inside that window and that 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 zero to six, seven, eight months, whatever it is, um, it's hard for people to show all their cards. Um, again, I'm, I'm speaking for myself. I personally, uh, I, I'm a pretty reserved guy. I'm pretty private. It takes a while to to kind of um, unveil some of my layers. So I guess I can see that it takes. 12 months give or take at a minimum right um to really uh show what or who give who i actually truly am but at the same time i also feel like um if the person is is genuine um and very expressive from the beginning that's not always the case right Um, right i I guess it's coming from the book is suggesting that's more of an average, average right which i can see um so that makes some sense. I would I would almost challenge that though, and and pretty much say that um, when you know, you know, right? Like you know right away when someone is is giving you your full undivided attention, and it's not going to be awkward for me. If someone wasn't able to have that 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 intellectual conversation with without the distractions, I would call them out on their bullshit right then and there. Be like, yo, are you nervous? I would just call them out, and if they right. were, I would try to put them at ease. But. Um, I guess I guess that's a good point though. The timeline point, I can see that. I can see how that's that's relevant. So I, I guess I agree with that. No, definitely, definitely. So yeah, uh, quality time. You know, the second one, it's a it's a very important one. And once again, obviously, if you know your significant other or your friends, if they really value and they feel loved when you spend quality time with them, 
um, and you don't communicate that to them by showing those actions and spending that quality time, uh, then there's going to be a disconnect between either your, your friends or between your significant others. Does so, it say anything about quality time with, with other people? Like, you know, deeming it as like two people is quality time. Does it say there's like the limit of people or is it like, is it suggesting groups? Does it say anything about groups of people or is it like exclusively with the one and the other? Right. So uh, from the perspective of an actual relationship, it, dis- it discusses a one-on-one uh, okay. situation where you're having that quality time with your significant other uh, with no distractions. Okay. From the perspective of friends, quality time could obviously mean let's go out, let's all go hiking together and spend okay. quality time as friends. So um, here's a really interesting fact that because and I and I know some of our viewers uh, wanted more facts. They wanted more facts. Let me give you guys a fact. Something I learned. Uh, it a relationship between a man and a woman has all of the love languages in it at once. Whereas. And that's why a love relationship is the strongest form of love because it encompasses all five languages of love. Whereas with friends and family, you may have some, but you don't have all. And let me give you an example. In a relationship with a woman, you have you you love her from the perspective of, you know, the words of affirmation. Uh, you love her from the perspective of I want to spend time with her. I want to, you know, spend quality time with her. You love her from the perspective of I want to do things for her, the acts of service. service right. uh, you love her from the perspective of I want to give to her, such as gifts. And you love her from the perspective of touch, uh, sex, emotional things like that. With friends, you have obviously some of those are missing. So just a quick fact there that an actual relationship between a man and a woman um, encompasses all five uh, languages of love, which I thought was really interesting, actually. So it's saying that it's saying that all five have to have them. No, it's just, if if a, a relationship has all five, that basically they will all five they will basically have um, endless endless love. Is that what it's suggesting? Well, it's it's just suggesting that the possibility of all five could happen in an actual love mm. relationship between a man and a woman. Whereas with friends, you're gonna have one or two, three, right, two or three. Right. You're not gonna have all five. like like sexual touch unless you and your friends are into that. That's, yeah. Well, I like mean, women. Yeah, I don't know what right. women do. Maybe they like kiss each other. Yeah, they have slumber women parties. Are weird. They they yeah they they touchy feely and share clothes and all that shit. And one, yeah. Yeah, pull each other's hair. Who knows? Right. But, so that makes sense, though. Right. I mean, if you have obviously, if you if you have all five, um, and especially equally, or mm-hmm. if you're in tune with them, uh, you're gonna have a very a very deep and what they call um, unconditional, um, everlasting love. Right. Um, exactly. But, but here's the thing: having all five, you always know, like when you have too much of something. What is that old saying? Goes is like. You have to sacrifice. Something's going to budge. Something's going to go. So sustaining all five has got to be a very uphill battle. It's got a battle. It's got to be an extremely tough challenge. Um, You know, unless you're constantly talking about it with your significant other, which can become a daunting task in itself, right? Right. No, definitely. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, just like the book discusses that out of those five, there's going to be a primary and a secondary. And then the other three are going to be just viewed as nice to have so you know my whole point was that it's an actual fact that within a, a relationship between a man and a woman that 
you could possibly have all five. Whereas yeah. with friends, it's it's just not gonna happen. Um, so moving on to the third one, which is actually one that I personally suck at. I didn't like, but unfortunately, as I go back to Europe, I'm gonna have to do, and that's acts of service. Yeah. So an example of acts of service is you know you uh, cleaning the dishes at the house, you taking out the garbage, uh, garbage. Uh, you paying the cell phone bill. These are acts of service that you do for your significant other. And some people actually feel really loved when you perform that act of service for them. Uh, actually, such as the wifey that I'm currently with right now. Uh, she feels loved when uh, dinner is cooked for her or when the trash is taken out or when the dishes are washed. Now, this doesn't mean she expects this every day, but she would feel really loved if it was done at least two times a week. So this is a tough one. This is a really tough one because naturally as people, we don't really want to do other things for other people, like like actually do work, like get our hands dirty in other words. So this is actually one that if your significant other has and you don't and you're not giving, it's, it's a really, really big uh, turnaround for you. So yeah. what about your thoughts? Yeah, and you know, most, I think uh, you know, humans are naturally we're honestly a lot of us not all but a lot of us are naturally selfish people we we look out for ourselves more so than others i mean um or we we, i'll say we have selfish tendencies especially um if we grew up um you know kind of as an individual that didn't have a lot of support we we end up naturally um just having to worry about ourselves so to take ourselves out of ourselves for a moment and put ourselves into another person's shoes and really be caring and um, want to help it, it does take a lot of mental capacity first of all and then second of all um it takes patience because little does your fiance know that if you attempt your first meal your your apartment your house over there in europe is in jeopardy of being burned <laughs> down <laughs> you're not a cook but right you're 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 willing to make that sacrifice right. to learn um acts of service is a tough one it um it truly is because um I personally take the initiative on a lot of things, um, but I'm so big on, I'm not necessarily a perfectionist, but I'm someone that doesn't like to do something wrong. So if I take the initiative to do something for somebody without them knowing per se, right? I feel like there's a huge margin for error. So I myself don't end up doing it or I do something similar. Example, um, if someone has car issues, um, and let's say you know my girlfriend has car issues or whatever, and I might know what a couple of those car issues are. Um, instead of me, you know, YouTubing it and, and going to figure out myself how to repair it, I might just take her whip and take it to the mechanic and have him do a couple things. Now, when the car returns, it works. But let's say um, <laughs> it cost me seven hundred, eight hundred dollars to repair it. It's right. coming out of our travel budget. And I, was, I didn't factor that in. So then it's like, yeah, I fixed it, but now I'm in a bigger hole because we were supposed to get a, go to Cancun two months later and that cuts into our budget and we're set back now a month. So it's things like that as to why myself or sometimes guys or girls, they don't go through with those acts of service. So, um, yeah, that one becomes that one becomes uh, probably the biggest one for me is, is, is one of the biggest challenges because it's, it's taking yourself out of your, your own element for a little bit. Right, right. No, it definitely makes sense. And I think that... In that particular example, where you know you're you're actually performing acts of ser- an act of service, but by you doing that, it's actually it's actually jeopardizing another thing that you had already you know discussed with your partner, such as that trip. 
Uh, I think in a situation like that, I think that you just got to be smart ahead of time and just know and just be straight up and straightforward and say, hey, look, I'd love to fix this car for you. You know, I'm obviously not a mechanic, uh, but it's just going to cost too, it's going to cost money to do it. So, you know, we've got a couple options. You know, we can either, you know, sacrifice our trip, sacrifice the car or uh, I can <laughs> attempt and get my hands dirty. But, you know, no promises that the car's going to actually work after I'm done. <laughs> so but I, here's the thing, though, with access service is that. I think, you know, most women and most guys, you know, they're going to, they're going to, it's, it's not, it's not the size of the act of service. It's the actual thought behind it. So it's like, you know, if you, if you wash the dishes or if you take the garbage out or, you know, you pay a cell phone bill for her or for him, you know, it's, it's those things right there. So it's kind of smaller things. Of course, there's going to be, you know, larger examples of, you know, what you just had mentioned, but obviously the person should understand that you can't just, you know. If you can't fix it, then yeah, you got to get somebody professionally done. But you know that can lead into a lot of problems because you know some women might really want a handyman, and you know to be able to do all those things and whatnot. And sure. then maybe that's just not who you are. So, sure. but if she really truly feels, you know, uh, loved, you know, when somebody does those things for her, you know, and it happens frequently, you if you want to maintain that relationship, especially for life, you're gonna at some point have to learn how to get your hands dirty and even take like mechanical classes in that particular example that's just kind of how, how it's gonna go but does that not and I, i'm sorry this one's taking a little bit a little bit longer no, but it's does, fine. does that not kind of not necessarily contradict but does that does that not kind of create the, per, the perception of someone not accepting someone for who they are uh, i mean uh, granted learning skills obviously you that is invaluable but that is a, you cannot beat that that Skills go a long way. Like like Napoleon Dynamite said, girls only want guys that have good skills. <laughs> like it's true. There's a lot of truth in that. But is that is that like is that altering somebody? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a really good point. I mean, I think that it really depends on uh, it depends on the fr- the perspective of the other person who's asking you to do that, and you know mm. what what they feel. Uh, you know, when you bring that up to them and say, "Hey, look, I'd love to, you know, learn how to, you know, do these things." Um, you know, and, and I've tried, I just can't seem to get it. I, th- I think mm. when it comes to that, I think it's really the effort that mm. they're probably looking for because mm. the effort in itself is an act of service. Like, Hey, look, you're Absolutely. willing, you're willing to go and take a damn class and in, in order to learn how to, you know, you're uh, striving, you're striving yeah. for it. And yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's a tough one, but, uh, I'm really excited to talk about this next one, which is touch. Um, and, uh, and this one actually goes, it's so crazy because, I ha- I have a friend and you know I'm not going to mention his name but I I've, I've got a friend and you know he kind of is in a situation where you know he's talking to a few girls you know he's just, he's a single guy and uh, you know he's at this particular point he's not really looking for anything serious so you know he's just kind of dabbling around you know trying to find unique people and he's just kind of having fun you know whether that's you know sexual whether that's you know intimate just talking friends whatever it is he's essentially keeping the horizon open so I was uh watching this show yesterday and the psychiatrist you know he had talked about that most women are actually deep down inside really sexually freaky and erotic (laughs) but those things are not actually exposed out of them from men so they keep it deep down inside so if a man is actually able to bring out their inner freak they potentially could just fall in love with them like quickly and i mean quickly and this is actually crazy because i was just talking about this with uh, one of my buddies and and i just saw this yesterday and it all kind of clicked i was like damn that makes sense 
you know, uh, women are really, you know, they're sexual creatures. And, you know, and, and, and it's also like, if you think about society, how we look at women, you know, if, if, if they're being sexual, we're going to stamp the word slut or whore on them. Whereas with a man, we're going to say, well, he's not a man whore. He's a slut maker. Uh, he's, he's making them into sluts. So it's just, it's wrong because, you know, at the core of every woman, you know, she's sexual. So right. if a guy can respect that and bring out that touch, that touch love language out of her, you know, she's going to feel really loved because, you know, she really wants to show that part of her, bring that inner freak out, but she doesn't want to be judged. So I think that's a really important one. And that's actually one that most women actually do have, which is touch. They just don't talk about it. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. And you know what's crazy is that, first of all, touch has many different levels. It it doesn't necessarily always got to be, you know, sex or sexual acts. It can be things as simple as um, a gentle, firm, or uh, gentle yet firm slap on the booty. It can also be a hug. It can be, um, uh, you know, a, a, a slight back rub. Um, it can be a, a variety of things. Um, but you know, on 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 that, on, the, on, the, on that piece of it, on the piece that you commented on, um, media has a lot to do with that. Uh, social media, I should say. Right. The, the portrayal and and how everything is now all sex appeal it's you know all the the instagram models and you know the kim kardashians of the world the the demi lovato is that her name yeah demi lovato Lovato. kylie kaylee demi's bad don't get me wrong but what they do for our society is is ridiculous and so they create that 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 personality um or that perception of, of women giving for the touch so what happens i feel like at least it becomes even harder even more of an obstacle to discover that touch mm. love language right because they want to the women want to make the guys work double and triple and quadruple and quintuple harder and more for it which i mean i don't know depending on how patient you are it's not a bad thing all the time but it it creates this uh kind of this interesting uh counterbalance of whether or not you really want to go the full nine yards right so i don't know i part of me is i'm a little uh a little kind of necessarily confused but the 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 touch love language is a tricky one because um again i I always go back to that to that timeline of of how long you're you're with that other person that woman for that for the for the women that that you're long you're with the guy for is um, when you, as I call it, break the touch barrier, and how do you break the touch barrier? If we're on date one, and or you know, let's say date two or date three, and you know, I can tell you're feeling me, and maybe you can tell I'm feeling you. Do I just uh, do I hug you and just grab booty cheek and just let it out there, and then you slap my hand off, or vice versa? Do you <laughs> like touch my stomach when I hug you, and I'm like, wait a second, what are you doing? <laughs> You know, so, like, it becomes this game. It's like, Where's your I'm, hand going? Yeah, you know? Like, do you like me? Check yes, check no. So, but just, I'm, I'm getting goofy, but I'm being serious. Like, the timeline creates an issue, too. So, it's the timeline. Social media is creating an unfair or unbalanced standard. And on top of that, women are naturally reserved individuals. Right. Uh, but who crave sex probably ten times more. They than do. Men. They do. And they they just don't come out with it verbally. Right, right. And everybody knows. I mean, it's like a thing that everybody knows. They're freaks knows. in the sheets, but they're sneaky, though. Yeah, yeah. They're really, really sneaky. Um, 
But yeah, that's a that's a really big one, of course. But but it's a hard one, like you said, to discover because most of them, and you know, I don't blame them because you know there's so much slut shaming going on. Mm. It's it's just crazy. <laughs> uh, I don't mean to make a joke out of it. It's just these some of these terms are really funny, like slut shaming. <laughs> I feel like you're in well, well, no, too well, here's the, like I. I feel like those are tweetable. Well, here's the thing. Who's that guy? Who, Arsenio? Have you heard of Arsenio? Arsenio Hall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think there was an interview with him and uh, Amber Rose. And Amber Rose pretty much saying something like, uh, and, you know, don't quote me on this, but it's something along the lines of like, well, yeah, I like to have sex. What's wrong with that? Like, guys like to have sex. Just me having sex, does that make me a slut? If that makes me a slut, what does that make the guy? And he said, a slut maker. <laughs> I mean, but... I mean, that's cold. That's messed up. It is. Like, it's, there's no ending to it. It's basically right. what they're saying is that it's going to continuously... It's going to continuously go over and over. But, I mean, I don't know. It, it it really just goes back really far. I know we last episode we talked about the primitive days and all that. And it comes down to... Um, and, again, we're spinning off kind of ridiculously on this touch one. But it's a, it's, it's a good one. Um, it goes back to um, reproduction. I know to take it super far back, like what it comes down to is males and females are eventually, I mean, they're, they're supposed to mate, you're supposed to get married, you're supposed to have kids and stay, stay faithful, but you're supposed to mate and have kids. So you right. can, the, the legacy can go on. So not to go too far into the weeds, women are legitimately, they're just, they don't forecast their activeness because I mean, uh, scientifically speaking, they don't, uh, they don't produce um, at, at the at the at the rate in which we do, we produce a lot of uh, uh, male hormones on a monthly basis. That's ten times, fifteen times more than their. Uh, but you're pretty much trying to say is that we as men probably produce five hundred million sperms a day, whereas a woman's egg <laughs> is being released what once a month. Absolutely right. So. I mean, of course, yeah, guys are going to be those, you know, horny freaks and always seek out to do it. And here's the thing. We're just not afraid to say it. Like, of course, you know, every guy is just waking up with morning wood, just ready to go. Uh, whereas women, they do actually want it and they, they crave it. But, you know, they just, it's just not talked about because and that's because, you know, it's because the whole, you know, uh, shaming the sluts. Like if they talk about it, they're probably afraid of the judgment that's going to be made on them. But right. that doesn't mean they don't think about it. So. Just to wrap that up, in other words, if you're a man and you know how to bring that out of them respectfully and, you know, and show them their inner freak, their, bring out that nature uh, out of them, uh, nurture nature, uh, then, yeah, it goes a long way. But going on to the last one, and uh, this one should be pretty, pretty quick, pretty easy. It's, uh, it's gifts. So, you know, some people feel loved when you, you can give them a gift. It doesn't matter, you know, how much it costs, what type of gift it is. It's kind of the act of giving. You know, you, you, you might buy your girl, you know, a uh you know some flowers you know a promise ring you maybe 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 even like a hat a fedora whatever they want to wear uh yeah, tickets to a game tickets to a game yeah it's essentially gifts and like something that you're spending your money on so you know that one for me uh i mean for me i probably put that one as one of my third believe it or not because third that you do or for, that you want that i would probably want because it doesn't happen frequently and i think that if somebody is like but for me it's actually the thought in the gift like if somebody actually mm. gives me something that i'm makes me think like dang like they actually remembered that like i'll give you an example like my girl uh like i've had the, since i met her i've had the same wallet and we were just always sitting out and i kind of left my wallet out and like two days go by she gives me this little gift i didn't even, i didn't even know what's coming like, she wrapped it up yeah she wrapped it up i was oh, like what shit. the hell i was like what is this like what would she buy me and it was a wallet 
So I was like, I felt really loved because I was like, damn, like, you know, I actually really need a wallet. I never was thinking about it, but, you know, I know that she had seen it. She didn't say anything. That was a thing. She didn't say, hey, honey, you need a new wallet or anything. She was just really low key about it. And she bought me that wallet. And it was actually really, you know, meaningful for me because I really did need one. So, you know, things like that, you know, but she, she paid attention. She paid attention. Right. Right. So gifts, uh, you know, what, what, how do you feel about gifts? Like, do you, do you feel like if a girl gives buys you something, do you do you feel like loved or is it more like, oh, hey, thanks. I appreciate it. Mm. Yeah, honestly, I, um, this one is, is kind of interesting because I think it is the thought that counts uh, that goes behind it. And to me, it's like I was just saying, it's they paid attention it's like I my my previous relationship, I used to always wonder is like around Christmas time, it's like how the hell do you did you get all these things? Like, how do you remember these things? Like I find myself remember one thing out of a list of like maybe five or ten things that was asked asked of me uh, throughout the year, or maybe uh, that she hinted towards. I remember one thing, maybe two. She remember like all of them. I'm like my memory is not that good. First of all, it's very mm-hmm. selective, but. Um, that evidence, all that information behind it, um, taking the notes, the mental notes, that is the fascinating thing. The actual gift itself, for me, um, I guess it depends on like what it is. Right. Um, it has a different effect. So for me, receiving it, it probably wouldn't be my number one. Now, would I reciprocate it? Absolutely. I would give it back. Um, and for me, um, I probably wouldn't... Um, I put a lot of effort into to getting things um, for somebody, so... It wouldn't just be like a quick go to the mall, uh, put it in a brown paper bag and slap their name on it and say, here you go. No, there's more, uh, I think, research behind that. But I'm also someone that um, I'm not really big into things. I like nice things, but who doesn't? Right. Um, I'm more about like uh, the experience, the time um, and the energy invested in the acts of that. Right. Um, So I might I might like get tickets to like i said a show or a event or a trip somewhere but that took little effort to do it takes a little bit of money but that took little effort to do i'm more focused on what we're going to do when we get there um is what i would pay attention to and i think that's how i receive it as well too um so for me it, it speaks to me but it doesn't speak to me like it would knock me off i would definitely appreciate it and i'd be like that's very thoughtful and thank you i'm gonna enjoy it but um, I don't think that's one that would really get through to me to the point where it's like, oh my gosh, like that was that is so amazing. Like I cannot believe she went that. You know, it's, right. it's a different weight, different weight for me. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. And you know, also in in the gift which the book talks about, you know, uh, somebody who is a millionaire who gives a gift to his wife of say a ten dollar gift card to Macy's. Uh, <laughs> is a lot different than somebody who's you know struggling and to find a job and gets her that $10 gift card to Macy's yeah. because, you know, yeah. that second one, she's going to feel really loved because, like, wow, even through his struggles and what he's trying to do, he found a way to get me the gift card, whereas the first one was like, this motherfucker has a million dollars and he has the nerve to get me a $10 Macy's <laughs> card? That ain't going to get me <laughs> shit, but some some broke-down Grammy panties. Like, and some Kubrick's Zirconians. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, those are the five uh, languages of love, uh, you know, it's a it's a really big topic. Uh, so hopefully you guys learned some things. Uh, hopefully we didn't uh, run your ears off. This is kind of a longer podcast, but hey, I think it was an important one. So uh, just a quick heads up for uh, next week. Myself, I will be out of the country, 
going to visit my significant other who is coming back here to America if all is good in September, possibly October. So, uh, yeah, uh, Versa is going to have uh, a few special guests coming up in the next few weeks. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy that, and uh, thank you for listening to this. And always remember, those who say they can and those who say they can't are both right. All right, y'all. Be strong, get strong, stay strong. Have a great week.